Hello, welcome to the GPP Project podcast. I'm John. I'm Julie. And I'm Brittany. And today we're going to talk about process-related goals, goal setting in general, uh, and process goals versus outcome goals. So you get this yeah. other contrast, yeah. yeah. And what that means and how to incorporate that into your training. Who wants to who wants to start this one out? What's a process goal? All right. Well, a process goal is basically what it sounds like. You're you're setting small incremental goals throughout your training process instead of having an outcome goal. So an outcome goal uh, would be, for example, I want to run 25 minutes in the 5K. Like that's that's an outcome goal, and it's okay to have those. And and we're not through this podcast, I don't want you to get the idea that, oh, I can't set a goal like that. You should set goals like that. But then setting process goals for how you're going to get yourself to that outcome goal is a more effective way of getting to that outcome, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can think why? of it as being vague. Process but. goals as being like learning goals or like growth goals. You can put other names on them, but they kind of convey the same idea. In that, like, you are using and you're enjoying the process of getting to your end goal and you're using what you learn out of that process to get better and better and closer and closer. So why would an outcome goal be important? I mean, if you have, if you have no outcome goals, no, like, kind of final destination goals, and I mean, it kind of gives you, like, a... They give you benchmarks, I think, because mm-hmm. um, obviously every time you you meet one, then you set a new one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like having them, it, it is important to so that you know, if you don't have an outcome goal, you can't really have process goals because you don't know where you're going. Yeah, I, I think, think they're like about vision, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think the outcome goal is a good way to assess periodically whether or not your process goals are, are being effective, whether you're setting the right ones. Yeah, like right? are you getting to... if if you don't have an outcome goal, then every time you achieve something, even if it's small, it's like, how do you know if you're, if that is getting you anywhere if you don't have a direction for yeah. it? They give your process goals purpose, I guess, is what. Yeah. That's a cool way show. to put it. I also think that an outcome goal is usually why people get started with something, mm-hmm. but not having a process goal is why people start getting discouraged with yeah, something. Yeah, I agree. Wholeheartedly. That, yeah, that was, well, that, and that was the other thing, point I was going to make about process goals is that they give you more feedback um, kind of in real time, right? Right. So they're smaller, they're more immediate things that you're going to achieve, say, today, this week, this month, whatever it is. So you get m- more feedback. So if, if your outcome goal is to run that 5K in 25 minutes, what would be a process goal that relates to that? Um, I guess it depends on your situation. But for example, maybe right now your training consists of running five kilometers three times a week. Um, so now you've decided, I want to get faster at this and I have this outcome goal. So in order to do that, I'm going to add in one interval session a week. So your process goal then would be making sure that you do that once a week, your interval session. And now every single week you can check that box and say, I've accomplished that goal because 
I did that this week. Mm -hmm. So you get to achieve a goal every single week, which is a really motivating Mm -hmm. way to go about training. Process goals are like happy goals because they... (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. They make make me happy because then... Like, you have this big goal. Like, I, I've said on previous podcasts, I there was a specific running goal that I worked on for, like, five years. I'm not even kidding. It was a long haul. And I, if I didn't have small goals in between that time, I would have given up a long time ago and been really discouraged. So having those, like, little little goals and, and things that, that motivate you and, and continue to keep you happy and keep you enjoying what you're doing... That's what's going to get you to that final goal, no matter how long it takes. Yeah, and when, when we were kind of brainstorming on this, that was a distinction that we made, too, is that as opposed to being specifically measurable, like you're running this amount of distance in this amount of time, it's much more about tracking like engagement or involvement. And I think that that's what's really going to move the ball forward towards that outcome-related goal. If, if you want to think about the overall distinction... It's not measured by pass-fail, a process goal. Mm-hmm. It's measured by your involvement and your commitment. That's a great way to identify mm-hmm. and pick process-related goals. I yeah. think um, if you're still kind of confused, it's like, well, what is a process goal? If you think of it backwards, like if you think, hey, I have a goal of running whatever, X time in a 10K, and think about how you'd feel when you get to that goal, and what would you be more proud of? Are you proud that, are you solely proud, you're like, I ran that time, I did it, go me? Or are you proud of everything you did to get you to that time? Yeah. You're probably proud of the fact that you slept, you know, however many hours a night, pretty much consistently. You did all your workouts, you grinded through the hard times when it was tough, and, and you have all those things, and, and that's really what you're proud of is when you reach an, an achievement-based goal or what do we call an outcome goal, it's like, yeah, it's cool and it's sweet that you ran that, that time or you did that thing, but what you're really truly proud of or what you should be proud of if you've done it right is, is everything that, all those little things that you did leading up to it. And I think that's the... All those little process goals that you accomplished yeah. along yeah. the way. The path that you walked. Yeah. We, we got on a brainstorming about this topic by coming at it from like how would we goal set with people or how do we recommend that people goal set and something that just popped into my mind is also that like sometimes sometimes not always but sometimes outcome related goals actually kind of come easy it's like just by virtue if you're starting running just by virtue of being semi-consistent you are going to get better and so you might just start checking off outcome related goals because you weren't particularly ambitious in your goal setting or just because you're going to improve by the very nature of you mm-hmm. doing something. What I think is important is when those easy goals stop coming, being really rooted in a strong process related goal setting sets you up to continue mm-hmm. hitting goals. And what I mean by that is like even if you're ambitious with your goal setting, like you're, you're setting a, a challenging goal, if you reach it, there's going to be something else after that. Yeah. There's always another time, there's always another outcome that we can focus on. And if you have a good process to fall back on, you're not gonna be lost once you either exactly. get there or or for that matter, if you don't hit it. Like if you mm-hmm. really wanna run a good time in a 10K next season and it just doesn't happen, that's okay. There's a lot to take from immersing yourself in a challenging process. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly, probably, what you'll need to focus on to go forward in order to make sure that the next season you, you get to where you want to be. 
And I think that um, that's where that whole like process goals are, are learning goals comes in because then you're each process goal is a learning opportunity whether you achieve it or not. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. a process goal you might it might take a few tries before you get it right, but every time you do it, you learn something and you take that new piece of knowledge that you have and you apply it for your next attempt. And then so every time you move on from a process goal, you have all this new knowledge base that you didn't have before to apply to the next goal and to the next goal. And then you can apply all of those things you've learned to that outcome goal when it comes time to attempt that outcome goal. And then you so and then when you look back on it, you're like, Hey, I learned all this. Now when I'm setting my next outcome goal, you're gonna use all that stuff that you learned to move mm-hmm. yourself forward. Yeah, absolutely. I um just to make this a little bit more tangible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> yeah. I I like the idea of, of three types of outcome goals and then setting your process goals within that. So um, if you think of a, your dream goal. So for example, if we look at that you know, 25 minute 5K, maybe that's your dream goal. Maybe right now you're running a 35 minute 5K and that's okay. Your dream is to run a 25 minute 5K. It sounds outrageous when you say it, but dreams are like shooting for the moon. You know, there's not really a lot of constraint. The key with that dream goal though is not putting a timeline on it because you might reach that dream goal a lot faster than you expect. It might take longer than you wanted it, but it's always gonna be there. So you set that dream goal. So right now you're a 35 minute 5K runner. You're setting your dream goal as being 25. At, at some point you wanna reach a 25 minute 5K. So then what you look at is a short-term goal and a long-term goal. So maybe right now your short-term goal, maybe your next race, you're just looking to get under 35 minutes, maybe 34 and change, whatever that might be. And then your long-term goals, maybe get down to 30 minutes. So you have three separate goals. You've got a short one that's immediate and it's, that short-term goal needs to be something that is achievable. Um, don't undercut yourself, but make it a goal that you are very confident that you can achieve that if you put in the work. Then the long-term goal is once you reach that short-term goal, well, that's like kind of the next benchmark. And then you've got your dream goal. Within that, that's where you set those process or learning goals. So if you're saying to yourself, my next 5K, I want to run 34 minutes. What do I need to do to get myself there? What goals am I giving myself? Is it I'm going to be more consistent with my workouts? I'm going to or I'm going to be, you know, better with my sleep or whatever it is. You can you probably have a, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of your process goals are like your plan. Mm-hmm. The only thing I I'd, I'd, I'd push back on any of that about is like be specific if you just say i'm going to be better with my sleep like yes. what does that mean yeah. you know if, if you need to sleep an extra hour per night then that's what the goal is yes yeah. or if you need to um eat one less piece of chocolate every day <laughs> yeah something like that mm-hmm. or um i'm thinking like i need to make sure that i make up for missed sessions within a week yes. of missing my sessions yeah, so for some one. of us we've got really strict schedules and we can hold ourselves to it other people it's more chaotic but reprioritizing that or you could look at it in the course of a training cycle if you know you're on a 12-week cycle you've got 24 strength workouts planned in a, in a 12-week cycle my goal is to train 24 times for strength 
in 12 weeks. And it's very, it's very, um, you can stay accountable to that a lot more than an ambiguous goal, which is completely yeah. willy nilly. Like it's just, it's a completely ethereal. I'm sure people have heard of uh, smart goals, specific, yeah. measurable, attainable. You know what's funny? And what's the T? This is the funny. This is the funniest thing about smart goals is everybody's got a different definition of that acronym. Ac- acronym. I was gonna say an acronym of that acronym. It's like yeah, specific, timely, measurable, um, achievable, which is I, I don't know. And then the other ones. Oh, what is? What this? I don't know. Is it realistic? Is it realistic? I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but set a smart goal, everyone. Yeah, yeah. and look, I, I, think, I think that I think that the two really big ones in that are, are specific and yes. measurable. Yeah, and yeah, everything really else is kind of a no-brainer. Like yeah. we're suggesting, it has a time frame. Uh, you know, that's yeah. obviously important. But the point is, if it's not specific and if it's not measurable, then you're probably not going to hold yourself to it. It just becomes like a good idea instead mm-hmm. of a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I like the idea of when you come up with these goals, don't just like think them in your head and be like, hey, these are my, my process goals and these are whatever. Like, write them out and, like, put them up on the fridge or something where you see them, somewhere where you see them every day, I don't know, maybe yeah. your bathroom mirror, and somewhere where the people who you love and love you see them. So, like, if, if it's up on the bathroom mirror, chances are every time you go to wash your face, brush your teeth, Everyone else who uses the bathroom, so your spouse, your kids, whoever, they're also going to see that, and they're reminded of what your goals are too. Because if everybody knows who, what your goals are, they're going to be better at helping you, and it's going to keep you attainable, because you can't just be like, oh, whoops, I forgot that that was my goal. It's like, yeah. no, it's right there in front of your face. Yeah. That, that, that really ties in well, actually, to what we were going to move into next, which is uh, accountability and rewards, mm-hmm. which I guess are, are, are two different things. So... We just had some recommendations, I guess, about uh, about accountability, and you're totally right about family members. We think that training partners are also yeah. really, really valuable, and you also, I mean, I guess there's a sort of a debate on which one's more important, but I think coaching, obviously, is mm-hmm. huge as well. I've heard a counter-argument, though, that like people would rather have a good training partner than a coach. I think there's an interesting debate to be had there. I think, I think you should have perfect world, you can yeah. have a training partner and a coach, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just not always the case, but, you know, different things maybe work well. Some people prefer to train solo, but having a coach at least to keep them accountable is an important idea. Um, the other suggestion I have is if, if finding a running partner is difficult for you, you know, your running partner doesn't necessarily have to train with you all the time. Maybe you're setting this goal 5K race and your cousin in Winnipeg is also setting this 5K yeah. race. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Not a fan of Winnipeg. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know what? If you, the two of you, can be very, be very open with each other about your process goals, and each week you can check in with each other. Mm-hmm. And if you said, you know what, like my process goal is. I am not going to miss any of my four training sessions this week. So at the end of the week, your training partner in Winnipeg can call you up or send you a text, say, hey, did you get all four of your training sessions in? Yeah, I think the internet gives us access to such a great network of support for that. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, even better if you can have someone in person to train with, but yeah. it's, you know, and don't make that a limitation. not always practical. I would also suggest, too, that they, they don't always need to be human. I I often run with my dog. There you go. That has its own unique challenges. <laughs> but I feel this, like, strange accountability to my dog. <laughs> I don't, his name's Leo. I don't know if that's important. But I, <laughs> I feel this really strange accountability to Leo where He's it's like, no, I need around. to be. Yeah, and, and not only that, it's like, I just feel like... I need to do my best on that run too. Like there, there's a real like he's out there running too. I'm not gonna yeah, slack yeah. off. I don't know. There's also like a lot of <laughs> weirdo. No, I'm sure there are other dogs out there. I mean, that's you. What the, do you comment? Like, there's like there's like a plea for support. Like please, somebody else associate with this. Weird. Somebody comment please on the podcast. Just <laughs> Who make runs with John their dog? feel better about. Hey, there's a whole race and everybody who's running with their dog. Yeah. So. But, you know, and there's also things like there's a lot of apps and things out there that you can True. use where, like, you are your own training partner. Mm-hmm. There, there's even one, I'm 100% sure this is a thing, where it, like, gives you encouragement while you go. Yeah, like, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yep. And I don't so, know what it's called. But me neither. Somebody also, if you could comment and let us know what that is, that'd be great because none of us know. But, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Like, if, especially if you're someone who has to do a lot of your training on their own, like, it gives you a summary at the end of all your workouts saying how you did and like if you yeah. can go I'm pretty sure most of them now you can actually go in and preset goals and it'll like give a little cheer when you get to them if, if nice. you're I know Fitbit does that yeah yeah they do I've yeah. heard that's weird GPS it's watches cool. also that way you know whatever. if you're really data driven like that's a great yeah. way is keeping a log of you know yeah. your like mileage and your training days whatever if you like to see those numbers you know, on paper, if that's what motivates you, then do it. Yeah, I think it's. I think in some in some capacity, everybody should get a little bit data driven with their training. You can go way down that rabbit hole, and mm-hmm. if that's not inspiring or, or like motivating to you, then don't do it. I like it. I'm really data driven. I think it's really interesting to me. But if nothing else, then just to keep a log of what days you what days you trained, and if if that's the only metric that you want to increase then you are definitely going to see a huge, huge result from investing yourself in that much of the process. Yeah. Just the amount of participation that you give, uh, and like maybe even a 1 out of 10, how did you feel? Yeah. That's a great place to start with a log, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that often, this is like slightly changing gears a little bit, but that's okay. Um, people are afraid sometimes to vocalize their goals only yeah. because if you vocalize them a that does hold you more accountable all of a sudden it makes them more real and there's that fear of failure and it's like well if i just never say them out loud did i really fail because it wasn't really a goal but i think getting rid of that fear of failure is like kind of one of those first steps like don't worry if you don't get it right away like we've talked a bunch already about learning from those quote-unquote failures um you might try for a really long time to do to to get somewhere and it might take a long time it might be a lot of really tiny little steps to get there and sometimes you're going to take a stab at it and you're going to come short and that's okay and that's where you can look at that and be okay what did i do right what went well what didn't go well what do i need to change and like you know, build new goals and, and move, move off of that. But being afraid to set goals because you're afraid of not achieving them is not a good reason not to. I well, think, oh, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say that's where those process goals really come in, right? Yeah, is, like yeah, is, that's where I was going with that too. Yeah, like they're you're no longer if if you're more focusing on the process, then the outcome goal becomes proportionally less important. Take pride in the amount of effort it takes to get to a goal, not just in having that goal. I think um, effort-based goals and and just being like just being more proud of that process and the amount of effort like just be just because you have to put a lot of effort into something doesn't make it a bad thing doesn't make you not good at something or you know a lot of times it in they look at it in terms of like intelligence or natural ability or whatever and there's like this weird idea that if you have to try really hard that means you suck or you're dumb or whatever but that's so not the case like if you have to work really hard at some something maybe you have to work harder at it than somebody else who cares like that's so much more valuable and you'll probably end up being more successful and getting achieving achieving your goal and achieving far beyond your goal because you have that work ethic and that that desire to try hard mm-hmm. and it's important so let's get back to the idea of rewards then as yeah. we talked about mm-hmm. We talked about um, accountability. What do you two think of rewards as it relates to goal setting? Personally, I am not a fan of extrinsic rewards. Um, just because I, from personal experience uh, for myself and with clients I've worked with in the past, the people who are successful are the people who are intrinsically motivated. Can you just define those two things for people? Yeah, so an extrinsic reward would be uh, like something tangible, something physical. Maybe, um, you know, like let's say, for example, if you were had the goal of losing 20 pounds, and once you lost 20 pounds, your reward is, I'm going to treat myself to a new pair of pants. Like, that's an extrinsic reward. Or they use it a lot of times in sales offices. Like, the top salesperson is going to get a trip to Aruba, you know? Yeah. Um, that's an extrinsic reward. And intrinsic is um, basically your success is what's motivating you to continue to work hard and continue to be successful. Um, which... When you compare that to a trip to Aruba, that really sounds like it's not as exciting. <laughs> um, but really, that people who can find intrinsic motivation are typically more successful in whatever they're pursuing. I think is where that comes from is that trip to Aruba is like the carrot on the end of the stick. But if you are falling short of it or you know like in the situation where it's like the person who sells the most gets the trip and you see your co-workers who maybe some of them are ahead of you maybe you were ahead of them and now they're ahead of you and that failure essentially um, can be very demotivating if all of a sudden somebody else is pulling ahead you just be like well they're ahead of me I guess and then you totally lose steam and you fall off the bus entirely Versus if, if you're just focused on yourself and you're like, you know what, no matter how small it is, if I'm better than I was yesterday, then that's a win. Then you're going to keep going and you're going to stay motivated as opposed to um, feeling depressed because you're not going to Aruba. That's such an important point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to restate what you just said, but it's really important that people get that, that I think the process goals 
are so much more easily re- returned to mm-hmm. than than some kind of extrinsic outcome related goal. It's really easy to feel demotivated when you're not seeing that massive result. But if you're tracking something small, it's really easy to stay on track. And it, when we have interruptions like we all do, it's really easy to return to it. Yeah. And then also often people will set um, give like a reward for some sort of goal that's counterintuitive or counterproductive to what they're trying to achieve. Um, we like the example of somebody who's trying to lose weight and they're like, I'm going to eat vegetables at dinner every day for a week. And if I do that, then I'm going to have dessert on the last day. And it's like, well, that doesn't really seem to make sense because why are you eating those vegetables? Well, your goal is probably to be healthier and lose weight. And what's the cake doing for you? Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with occasionally having a piece of cake, but having that as a reward for something doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I think when you have like counterproductive rewards like that, it makes the the process goals seem arduous like it's something you don't want to do and you're fighting against yourself work i always try to think of it like if you're putting yourself in purgatory in order to to get to where you want to go then you're not going to be successful in the long term it's not it's not a safe and also this is maybe getting a little bit beyond the scope of our qualifications but i think it doesn't relate to good mental health either if you're constantly trying to play this bargaining position with yourself or you're trying to coerce yourself into doing something that you actually deem is negative in order to get a result that you see as positive mm-hmm. that's not going to work yeah. you're just going to you're going to tear yourself apart i've just yeah. never seen it last and even if you can do it in the short term yeah. it is totally not a sustainable habit instead of being like that cake is my reward for eating broccoli for the last five nights try just learning to enjoy the broccoli because if you can enjoy the broccoli then wow everything's so much easier and i get that there are some people out there who find extrinsic goals incredibly motivating but even with those people i don't think that it's necessarily a sustainable thing because if you know going back to that trip to aruba if you're the front runner and you're like yeah i'm gonna get this trip and it motivates you and you're so pumped and you continue to work but then if somebody out kicks you at the end then you see them passing you and you lose your motivation. And I see that all the time with runners who are very extrinsically motivated, who are out on the race course and they're doing fine. But maybe they're like they know they're not on pace to hit their goal. Or maybe um, their goal wasn't a time goal, it was simply to beat, you know, Joe Example over there who <laughs> is, is, is like is your main competitor you see all the time and maybe he's beating you and I see it happen with runners all the time where mid-race they wreck they all of a sudden they're like I'm not going to reach my goal today and they drop out or they slow down they just slow down and completely give up Hmm. um so you know having that competitive nature you could you could argue that that's an example of, of an extrinsic motivator and that can be helpful and that can be really motivating but it can't be everything because if that's your only motivation I it I've seen it fail people time and time again. Oh. Even in a race, like if you you can look at a race as a microcosm of the whole thing. Where like the outcome of the outcome goal is however you want to finish in the race, whether it's position, beating someone, which is kind of weird, but that's okay, and or like a time. But you can have like small goals in the race, like I'm going to 
when I get, I'm going to push up every hill, and when I get to the top, I'm not going to slow down at the top. I'm going to push past it for, I'm going to count 20 strides in my head and keep pushing until I get to that point. Or, you know, whatever, I'm going to part with the race. I'm going to take three deep breaths every five minutes or something like that. I'm going to stay calm. All these little things in the race to get you to that outcome thing. Because um, again, that goes back to then at the end of the race, regardless of the outcome, you can look back on it and be like, well, my process goals during the race were to surge up hills or to have a good finishing kick. And you can look back and see the successes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can look back and be like, I'm proud of the way I did that, even if I didn't quite hit your target, you're going to feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. ev- frankly, I mean, especially we're talking to running population here. Every race isn't going to be a PB. Every race isn't going to be the best race you've had you've you've ever had. That's just the reality of the sport. That's the reality of all sports. But if you can be proud of the things you did during that that were good, like you'll be you're going to be happier and more motivated, and it's going to keep you in the sport longer. So that sounds good. Yeah. 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 So All set right. some process, set some long-term dream goals, set some short-term goals, and then set those process goals, focus on them, accomplish yeah. them, and focus on your forward. effort and what you can learn and take away from things to grow as an athlete, and then the rest of the rest will fall into place. And if you haven't, listen to our Growth Mindset podcast, because yes. I think these two concepts are really related to one another. And our blog post. There's a blog post about it, too. Yeah. And pick up that book. Yeah. We, we're constantly selling Mindset. Now. Yeah. yeah. By Dr. We should Carol start, should, It's seriously an amazing book. commission off of that one. Yeah, we should yeah. look into that. I know. We should contact Carol. What else you should do is connect with us on Facebook at the GPP Project and on Instagram at the GPP Project, and on Twitter, at the GPP Project, <laughs> and where else? Our website? Yeah, that's a good spot for it. Yep. yep. Yeah, don't overlook the website, uh, and especially if you want to get involved, that's the best place yes. to get started with things. Uh, connect with us through the website, thegpproject.com, mm-hmm. or email us directly, yep. info at the GPP Project, and we will get you started. Yeah, we'd love to work with you yeah absolutely uh thanks for listening and share if you like it if you like this just share it yeah and if you like it give us a review too reviews are good we really love five star reviews share away and if you have a topic for us to discuss for our next podcast you can suggest it on any of the aforementioned (laughs) yeah oh amazon Right, the click-through. We don't yeah. have that set up yet, but it, we should get it done soon. Okay. Yeah, but look for that to be a thing. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a thing. It's a click-through on the website. Uh, it helps support the podcast. If you're going to do any shopping on Amazon over the Christmas season or any other holiday season that you... Um, that you what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, celebrate? Yeah, celebrate, but there's another Festivus? word. Festivus? If, you're, if you celebrate if you, Festivus. If you festivate, then go to... Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds so weird. Uh, that, was, that was wrong. <laughs> uh, Amazon click-through. Check it yeah. out. Support the podcast. Thanks, Support guys. the DVD project. Thanks. <laughs>